So I'll be watching this new anime called Tokyo Revengers. It's about my understanding of the creator. He, growing up, he was in gangs and he didn't like who he was. So this was his way of, of showing how he what his past life was and how he would have changed it if he could. Because in that anime, without going into too much detail, it answers the question. You know the saying, if I, if I only could go back with what I know now, everything would be different. He explores that expression a lot in that anime. But that's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Um, thank you for still listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian, episode 123. UFC 290 was this past weekend. Crazy fights. I only saw the Robbie Lawler fight and then all of the main card because I was asleep because I got really drunk the day before. I shouldn't really be saying this, but I did, and I didn't wake up till almost. Well, that's not true. I, didn't, I couldn't really sleep the night before because... Um, of the drinking I did, I couldn't really sleep. I'm not going to get into why on this show. Just know that I couldn't. So then I fell asleep like around 10 a.m. the next day. And I woke up at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I ordered the fight and I was able to catch the Robbie Lawler fight. Let's talk about that real quick. That dude clinched him. Well, well let's go over the results real fast. And then we'll talk about them in depth. Is that cool? Cool. So Robbie Lawler defeats Nico Price. KO punches at 38 seconds in the first round. That is nuts because I'm. I was going in there thinking, can Robbie beat Nico? I mean, because I know Nico doesn't really have head movement, and Robbie clinched him and knocked him out. So Robbie goes out on top and he retires. While Nico defeats La- Val Wood Woodburn. Dan Hooker defeats Jalen Turner at a catchweight because Jalen missed weight. And I want to know how much that affected his performance, right? Because you looked at, oh, he missed weight. So he's probably going to be heavier. But how do we know he wasn't training injured? How do we know that he he didn't want to pull out of the fight? Tell me. We don't know that. We don't know if he fought injured. Talk about fighting injured. Dan Hooker's a tough dude, man. He broke both his wrist and he had a facial fracture. Let me see if I can find it. Dan Hooker headed for two surgeries. Reveals one. He broke his arm during the Jalen Turner fight. Dan Hooker fought through a broken arm for the better part of two full rounds to get the job done against Jalen Turner at UFC 290. But it took a replay to figure out exactly when the injury occurred. Hooker said Monday on the MMA Hour that he went back and watched the fight afterwards and... That's when he witnessed a kick delivered by Turner in the opening round that likely fractured a bone in his wrist. A few minutes later, the 33-year-old New Zealand native definitely knew something had gone horribly wrong, although he never contemplated finding a way out of the fight. I went back and I watched it, and I think it was a bit of a slow 
process of Crusade on the MMA hour. I think it was a front kick in the first round, and I, I think might have put a little crack in it. That I think might have put a little crack in it. If you look at it, just as round two starts, I look down at my arm because it's not responding the way I want it to. And in the second round, he lands a couple of kicks, and I think that breaks it. I definitely felt felt it in the second. I was like, something's up here. I couldn't feel my right hand, and then it wasn't until the third. I just dropped him, and I tried to finish him. I was following up with punches, and it was one punch, and I was like, I'm going to throw my right hand anyway. I threw my right hand, and I, I felt it completely go out of place. My whole right arm just went dead, and it, it's not how I want to win. I was just controlling him on top with my right elbow and just staying on top, punching him with my left hand. One of the most significant strikes in the fight came when Turner launched a head kick in the early part of the second round that ricocheted off of Hooker's face. Despite the shot landing, Hooker survived, and the subsequent, subsequent onslaught and actually turned the tables by hurting Turner just moments later, which led to a near submission finish just as the round came to a close. The final sequence, coupled with the performance in the third round, convinced Hooker that he had done enough to secure the victory, regardless of the fact that he just went nearly 10 minutes competing with only one fully capable arm. Second round, he booted me in the head. I would have liked to get my hands on there, but it just didn't do it. I what it was told, it just didn't do what it was told, Hooker said. I heard him in the end of that round and finished with the rear naked choke wrapped up. So that fight ending sequence in round two, round three, I was hurting him on the feet and then controlling him on the ground. It was pretty hard to argue against that. I was pretty confident. I was confident that I got the job done. Even with the arm broken, Hooker came the closest to finishing the fight with his second round submission attempt. However, it didn't discourage him that he couldn't put Turner away. That was pretty. That was a wrap, pretty much. Hooker said, "That was in deep, but it's not something you can be mentally like." That that was my chance. I wasn't feeling at all like that was my one opportunity. We got another five minutes, so we're gonna get him out of here. Hooker is now on a two-fight win streak after his performance at UFC 290, but he's not ready to start looking ahead at what's next just yet. The broken arm will require Hooker to undergo surgery on Wednesday, and he'll likely have to have another surgery to repair some damage done to his face as well. But Hooker has no doubts that he'll bounce back quickly like he always does. The broken arm is pretty sore, but what are you going to do about it? Hooker said, we'll get it all fixed up and be back to 100% in no time. Okay, Hooker's the man, right? Because I remember he lost to Mike Chandler, and he was contemplating retirement, but that didn't happen, so we'll see what happens there. But he's on a two-fight win streak. Let's see where he's at in the rankings. He's number 10. You got Rafael Dos Anjos, Armin Sarukian, Mateusz Gamera, Rafael Fazib ahead of you. Those are the next four guys ahead of you. Who would he fight? Armin's the man, bro. I wouldn't mind seeing him and Mateusz fight, but I don't know if they'll do that right away. I can see them giving him Dos Anjos. Because I believe they're having Armin on ice. Because it came out recently, Charles said that he doesn't want to fight in October. But that's when Islam's fighting. Like, there's no it's or belts about it. Islam is fighting in October because they're fighting in Abu Dhabi. 
And you know they like to stack those cards with fighters from that region. So Islam is going to fight in October. If Mike Chandler is going to fight Conor McGregor like it's assumed, he's out to fight Islam. Volk says he needs arm surgery, but yet he doesn't rule out October. So we'll see what happens there. He's picking a fight with Ilya Tepuria. I'm telling you, the one guy that stands out of all these guys, because Dustin and Justin are about to fight for the BMF belt. But Neil Darius just lost. Rafael Fazib just lost to, to Justin Gaethje, Mateusz Gamera lost to Benil Dariush, Benil Dariush just lost, Charles Oliveira says October's too soon, the only guy that stands out is Armin Sarukian, bro, so we shall wait and see, Drukis Duplicis defeats Robert Whittaker, oh my god, it happened, you know what, I didn't realize how big Drukis was until I saw him get on top of Rob. And, dude, the most impressive thing out of that whole fight was the way he grabbed his neck and, like, just kicked his feet out from under him and dragged him to the floor. That was impressive. And then when he clocked him in the second round, I remember yelling at the TV because he clocks him, right? Because all you, all you guys know, although I shouldn't be saying this, you guys know I really wanted Drickus to win because now I get the buildup I wanted. Although he's already saying that he doesn't know if he'll fight him in September. Like, that in itself kind of already upsets me because they said it's expected to fight in September, but now they're saying, oh, we don't know if it's going to happen in September. But whenever it does happen, I can't wait. So, Drickus goes, he takes him down, and he won the first round with that takedown and the dominance he had on the ground. And then he's stalking him and stalking him and stalking him, and then he finally lands that big hit on Rob that knocks Rob down. Drickus, he didn't see when he knocked him down because he, like, he, he threw the punch that knocked him down and knocks Rob down. But what Drickus was seeing was another punch coming behind his. So he was trying to move out of the way. Once he moves out of the way, he realizes what's going on. He runs at Rob. He sprints at him, mounts him, and then finishes him off. And then after that, pure chaos ensues. With Izzy was drinking and you could hear in his voice, What's up, my guy? What's up, my guy? What's up, my African brother? What's up, my guy? Of course, I'm not really saying what he said because I'm not going to say that. But if you saw, what's up, my guy? This is my this is my African brother here. What's up, my guy? I mean that that build up to the, I can't tell you the fight itself is gonna be very good because when Izzy fights dangerous opponents and he it's, he's in all his right. I'm not talking smack. When he fights dangerous opponents with good grappling. He throws a lot of leg kicks and evades them, which is what he should do because he's in there to win, not in there to enter. He's in there to win. That will win him the fight. But I don't know if Drickus' pressure is going to be too much for Izzy. I don't know if once Drickus is able to get his hands on Izzy, take him down and just hold him there, and like eventually it'll get easier as the fight goes on because they got 25 minutes to fight, right? And I believe Drickus is a two-way world champion. Let me check this out. Yeah, he was the EFC welterweight champion and the EFC middleweight champion. But he was also the KSW um, welterweight champion. So, Drickis has been champion in every organization he's fought in. He's fought at welterweight before? That's crazy. That dude's huge. So, we shall see what happens. I cannot wait for the build-up for this fight. And, like, we have to we have to stop now. Like, Drickis is... A top-ranked fighter. I believe now he's number one yet because he's going to end up fighting Izzy next. I mean, in my opinion, it doesn't look good for Izzy, but at the end of the day, it just builds up fight promotion. We shall see what happens. 
Colby Covington is number two still. He hasn't fought since fighting George Masvidal. That's pretty nuts, bro. That is insane. Let's move on. What's next for Rob? Just get in there and fight again. But, like, Rob, like, that dude, like, he, he Drake is made big brother to him. Drake is made, basically made Rob his bitch, bro. Like, it was crazy. Like, yeah, Rob was countering early, but once Drake's got him to the ground in the first round, like, he took his soul from him. Alejandre Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno. What a fight. What a fight. And this is what I want to do because this scorecards were all over the place. It was 46-49 Moreno, 47-48 Pantoja, and 47-48 Pantoja. For this fight, for the Wednesday show, this is what we're going to do. It might be a little boring because you would tell me, why don't you just make a YouTube video out of it? Because I don't want you guys just to see my face while I talk about this fight. So I'd rather you guys just hear me through this, talk about it like this. We're going to watch the fight together. So, for Wednesday, if you want, don't listen to the episode until you can watch the fight with me. But we'll watch the fight together. Because off the top of my mind, I remember giving round one to Pantoja because he was beating the b b b b breaks off of Brandon. Okay. Round two, I gave it to Brandon. Round three and four. I believe round three, you give it to, to Pantoja. Round four, you could give... Because I remember... Going into the fifth, having a 2-2. Because a lot of it I gave to Pantoja because he was a good at the grappling. And that was a clear hole for Brandon. Because once Pantoja, like, got him there, like, Brandon was kind of kind of lost. And another thing to keep in mind, this is barely his second training camp with in Texas with Sadiq Youssef, I think his, his name is. Because remember, originally Brandon had switched camps to Kansas with James Krause. And then that whole thing with James went down. So he had to switch camps. It's only a second camp with this guy, bro. It might take time. What's next for Brandon is Brandon. Honestly, I don't know because Pantoja's already beat him three times. Now we can see him go, well, that was an opinion. A lot of people thought Brandon won that fight, which is fine. But if they go in there and they do a fourth one when Pantoja's won all three and Pantoja wins again, like that puts him in mega purgatory. What they could do is, let me see. I have a problem with giving it to Davison because Brandon clearly has his number. You could give it to, from what I heard, they were going to give it to Brandon Royval. You could give it to Davison Figueroa, I mean, Amir Albazi. But we shall see what happens. But did you guys hear his post by interview thanking his mom and then telling his dad, are you proud of me now, dad? Are you proud of me now? That was pretty sad. What I did find encouraging was that. He doesn't have to be an Uber Eats driver anymore. I'm happy about that. That does make me pretty happy. Another guy to look out for is Mohamed Mokayev. Like That guy's already number 11. That guy's only like 23. How old is Mohamed Mokayev? I'm going to go check it out. My man's 22 and he's already number 11. What's his team though? Because if he's training out of... It's not ATT. I thought it was ATT, but it's not. Because he fights at a KHK MMA Aspire Combat Sports Academy 2015 to 20 to present. He's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But that guy, that guy, to me, he's the uncle. That guy is going to go far. He's only 22. He's already ranked number 11. 
Mohammed Mokayev. Did he have a fight lined up? Let's see. He does not. But going back to Alejandro Pantoja and, and Brandon Moreno, I thought the right guy won. You could be mad all you want, but I thought the right guy won. I got calls afterwards. Now nah, Brandon won that. I'm like, okay, bro. But I thought Alejandro Pantoja won. And it's rumored that he will fight Brandon Royal next. Alex Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. This was a fun one, man. This was a fun one. Of course, Alex... Moving back down to featherweight after he loses to Islam Mahashev. Yair Rodriguez faces Alex after beating Josh Emmett for the interim belt. The first two rounds went to Alex pretty easily with his dominant ground game. And then what I found funny was the third round because that's where Yair was having the most success. And it's like Alex got mad and he's like, all right, this is over right here. He rocks him with the right hand, knocks Yair down, and just melts him from there, bro. It was insane. Insane. What's next for Alex? He says he needs to get arm surgery, too. But he's smart because he has two fights lined up right now. It's either going to be the rematch with Islam Mahashev because he says that October is not ruled out for him, or Charles already says it is. Like, Let's go find Charles' actual statement. Charles Oliver reveals he won't be ready to fight Islam Mahashev at UFC 294 in October. Charles Oliver wants another shot at the lightweight title but won't be ready to face reigning champion Islam Mahashev at UFC 294 which is scheduled on October 21st in Abu Dhabi. Following an impressive win over Benio Dariushime, all signs pointed towards Oliver getting the next crack at Mahashev but now the Brazilian has revealed that October will be too soon to book his next fight. Instead, Oliveira is holding out hope to face Mahashev later in the year. Although that seems unlikely, with the Dagestani fighters almost certainly serving as a linchpin to the UFC's return to Abu Dhabi. So I'm going to be honest with you. We don't have nothing yet, Oliveira told TSN about his next fight. We're still waiting, but to be honest, October is too soon for me. It's too soon. Especially if the fight's going to be in Abu Dhabi. I'm really going to be ready in November, December, but October is too soon. But we don't have nothing yet. UFC Dana White said it made sense for Oliver to get the next crack at Mahashev after he dispatched Darius. But now it looks like the promotion will have to pivot to an alternate plan if the lightweight title is still going to be up for grabs in October. It's possible that the upcoming 291 main event between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje could get the nod instead, although it, it will be impossible to say for certain until after the fight goes down on July 29th. That would be an even quicker turnaround than Oliveira, who fought in May, but the chance to compete for UFC gold might convince Poirier or Gaethje to take the risk. As for Oliveira, he's still up in the air about his next move, although he's willing to wait for the title shot, even if that means sitting out a li little longer than initially expected. So I'll be honest with you, I just want to wait, Oliver said. I'm a UFC employee, so I need to wait for me. It doesn't matter. The one thing I can tell you for sure is I'm not ready for October. But November, December, I will be ready. I'm just waiting. Let's see what happens, what they're going to do. The only thing Oliver knows for sure is that he plans on capturing the UFC lightweight title again after his belt was actually stripped from him after missing weight ahead of his own fight against Gaethje in May of 2022 and then he was unable to win it back 
after falling into Mahashev seven months later. I want to be champ again, and I will be champ again, Oliver said. So now I just need to wait. I just need to wait and see what they're going to do. I can tell you I'm going to be champ again. It's just a matter of when. So we'll see what happens, man, because then Ilya Teporia, Ilya Teporia also put out a statement saying, Ilya Teporia reacts to Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 290. I will legally rip his head off, his little head off. Elite Teporia is out for blood after the conclusion of UFC 290 on July 8th. El Matador stood in attendance as Alexander Volkanovsky defended his featherweight title for the fifth time. In an interview with, with reporter Carlos Cortezas, Contreras, I'm sorry, Contreras, at UFC 290, Teporia revealed that his, th his thoughts on Volkanovsky and his performance. I want him to heal and recover if he has any injuries after this fight. And in December, he shows up in front of the whole world. I will legally rip his little head off. If he has to recover, I'm not in a hurry. When it has to happen, I'm ready to fight. Volkanovski will undergo surgery on his left elbow to remove bone fragments that prevent him from fully extending his arm. During an interview with BT Sports the same night, Tupor revealed that the fight was the most boring I've ever seen in my life. No, it was not. No, it was not. He, this guy, this guy's awesome. He's just he he's playing games and shit. He's saying that the I I am levels above these guys. Is what he's saying. Yeah, your steps inside the cage with his mentality of I'm gonna lose the fight. You know, dang, this guy's awesome. Taporion went on to give Bokanovsky kudos, explaining how it's a big challenge and a big motivation ahead of a likely showdown. The general consensus is that Teporia is next in line for the shot against Volkanovski after the dominant performance against Josh Emmett in June. Whether the Spanish fighter can hold, can back to his bold statements with actions in the octagon is a whole other topic. I mean, this guy is ready. What is he doing? He's already diminishing what Alex did to Yair, which is a smart move, saying, I'm 10 times better than this guy. This guy has nothing on me. Can you imagine that? I gotta go back and watch the Josh Emmett fight. L let's read what Robert said after the defeat. Robert Whitaker is all class in defeat. UFC 290 was a rough one for the former middleweight champion this past weekend. Whitaker walked into Las, Ve the Whitaker walked into Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena with intentions of securing a third career clash with reigning two-time title holder Israel Adesanya and walked out with only his third loss in the 185-pound weight class. A comfortable favorite heading into his bout with South Africa's Drickus Duplices, Whitaker started strong in the first half of the opening round before Steel Knox found his groove, Duplices pressed the pace and got the Reaper to the mat, closing out the frame with some thumping ground-and-pound punches and submission threats. In round two, Duplices carried over the momentum and eventually dropped the ever-durable Whitaker with the jab pouring it on. From there, a huge TKO upset went along with his eminent title shot. Congratulations to Drick, as Whitaker said in a video posted on to Twitter. He showed up to fight. I didn't. That's the nature of the beast. You can't have a day off. It is what it is. I will say that I do believe challenges and hardships and obstacles that get presented to you that you overcome make you stronger build character make you a better man and by fact a better athlete until ufc 290 whitaker had only lost to adesanya in the middleweight division 
Now I have to say idly as Duplicy's attempts to dethrone the champion in a brewing grudge match. After each previous defeat since jumping from welterweight in 2014, the Australian Legend has performed impressively in rebound efforts. Whitaker intends to keep that trend alive before 2024 rolls around. I will come back stronger from this, Whitaker said. I'll come back hopefully by the end of the year. I want to get back in the octagon by the end of the year. Get in there, close the year out on a win, and bring the Reaper back, you know. But that's me. I'm going to enjoy a couple of weeks now with my, my family and just resting and recalibrating, recharging the batteries. Then I'll get back to the gym, get back to work, come back better than ever. Thanks again, everybody, and stay tuned. I mean, yeah, like, what can he do? What can he do? Like, sit there and be mad? Like, no, Drick is beat him. It would be funny that once this fight gets in, I cannot wait for the first press conference because they're starting to bring back the press conferences for the next pay-per-view. Like, come to think of it, did they do a press conference for UFC 291? I don't think they did because I didn't see Justin or Dustin or any of those guys in town. So I don't think they did. But let's say when the August card rolls around and then they do the, the press conference, let's say they're going to. So they do the Thursday press conferences, and then Friday they'll do the press conference, the first press conference for the next one. They're starting to bring those back. It'll be funny. Like, that'll be the first sign of what this buildup is going to look like. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. This is going to be insane. The Drickus in Israel buildup. It's going to be awesome. Although I will say this, I do owe Israel an apology because... I defended Drickus in saying, well, Drickus never said they weren't African, but he kind of did in the, the very first interview. He, he goes, as far as I know, the belts never made it to Africa. Um, and that's not the part that Israel is complaining about. What he's complaining about is at the end where he's like, I breathe, Afri I breathe African air. I live in Africa. I live in South Africa. And although I will tell you this, like, to me, it's all petty, bro, but... It is what it is, and people can get upset what they want to get upset over, but it's whatever. I honestly don't believe Drickus should be getting a lot of hate that he does. And a lot of it is just because it's coming from Israel, and Israel's a popular guy, let's be honest. That's what it is here, guys. But he did say that, as far as I know, those bills never went to Africa. They went to New Zealand and Australia. They never went to Nigeria but we shall see, man. We shall see. There's one last thing we're going to talk about, and then we are out of here. Again, we're going to go over the fights. Holly Holm versus Bruno Silva, and then we're going to recap the fights, the Alejandro Pantoja one. Remember everybody said? Francis, he dropped the bag. He fumbled the bag. Well, listen to this. If you've been living under a rock, I don't know how you haven't heard about this. Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou fight in Saudi Arabia announced. Tyson Fury, the boxing lineal heavyweight champion, and Francis Ngannou, the former UFC heavyweight champion, will fight October 28th in, in Ridaha, Saudi Arabia Arena. The announcement clarified that the fight will take place in regulation, in a regulation boxing under boxing rules, including three ringside judges using a 10-point must system. So my understanding is, I will get more clarification on this. I will reach out to his manager, and I will have an answer. Keep a close eye out 
on Instagram because I'll probably post it there because I'll reach out later today. And if I get an answer tomorrow, I'll post it on Instagram. But my understanding of what this is, is that this is an official boxing fight. I don't think the WEC heavyweight title will be on the line for the simple fact that it's 10 rounds. I believe title fights should be 12 rounds, if I'm not mistaken. The article does say, what remains unclear is the number of rounds, whether Fury's WBC heavyweight title will be on the line and whether the fight will count towards their professional boxing records. I mean, okay. So, I'll try to answer those questions for you guys. I don't really care about the title because that doesn't really interest me. What interests me is, what interests me is, is this a real boxing fight? And can, Ty, I mean, can Francis Ngannou potentially give Tyson Fury his first loss? And I'm going to be very critical of this fight. And I'll tell you why right now. I already seen this fight. I believe Deontay Wilder is a similar fighter to Francis Ngannou, excluding the wrestling. I bet you Deontay Wilder does what Francis did. If all he had to do was punch in the UFC to all his opponents like Francis did. That's what I truly believe. I'm being very critical, I know, but I believe uh, Tyson Fury's footwork is going to be too much for, for Francis. I don't know, man. And he says, okay, let's go on. I can't wait to get back out there under the lights, Fury said in a statement. I'm looking forward to showing the world that the Gypsy King is the greatest fighter of his generation in an epic battle with another master of his craft. My dream was always to box and box the best, Ngannou said. In a statement after becoming the undisputed MMA heavyweight champion. This is my opportunity to make my dream come true and cement my position as the baddest man on the planet. WBC President Mauricio Soleiman said Tuesday that Fury received special permission to fight Ngannou as there is no official challenger. Soleiman said Fury tried to close fights against Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, and Alexander Yusek, but no agreements were reached. So, by all these statements, what I'm understanding is because Francis, this will technically be his boxing debut. There's no way he can fight for the belt. Big Francis Ngannou is here today, Fury said at the time. He is on my hit list in an exhibition. However, he wants it in a cage, in a boxing ring, boxing gloves, UFC gloves. We can make it happen. I think everybody wants to see it. He's a monster of a guy. I'm a monster of a guy. It will be a clash of the titans for sure. The 34-year-old Englishman returned for a trilogy battle with Derek Chisora in December. A 10-round stoppage win to retain the top spot on ESPN's heavyweight rankings. Okay, I don't really want that. All right, right here. Fury was in talks to meet Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight championship in April at, Lum at London's Wembley Stadium, but negotiations collapsed in March. Now ESPN's number seven pound for pound boxer will meet one of the most recognizable names in combat sports and a star studded event in the Middle East. Ghanu twenty and three and three with an MMA record of twenty three and three last competed in January of twenty twenty two when he retained the UFC heavyweight championship with a unanimous decision victory over Cyril Ghan at UFC two seventy. This turned out to be Ngannou's final bout in the octagon. After he couldn't reach terms on a contract extension with the UFC, Ngannou parted ways with the MMA organization in January. He is now set to make his boxing debut, realizing a lifelong dream he set out to accomplish when he fled Cameroon for France at the age of 26. Ngannou, 36, underwent surgery in March to repair an MCL and ACL. Two months later, he signed a deal with PFL that allowed him to box as well.
my next step is to be my next step has to be boxing on until ESPN but I'll come out in March I want to do one boxing match first and then maybe go back to MMA because I still enjoy MMA I went a couple of fights in boxing we are working on some stuff and hopefully in a month or two I will be able to come out with an announcement on a potential fight dates and locations it's taking a little longer than I expected but it's coming along big things come with time so Everybody has said Francis fumbled the bag. I can't remember if I said it, but if I did, I deserve to eat shit. Everybody else that said it deserves to eat shit because that dude signed a mega deal with PFL. I don't care what you guys say. He's not fighting the best. Go fucking fuck yourselves. How about that? Because that guy is the man, okay? That dude is on another level. He's thinking for the future. He's not thinking about himself. Like, he could he could have stayed in the UFC Beat John Jones twice, because I guarantee you that would have happened. I can't guarantee that would have happened. I'm just kidding, John. You know I love you. Um, But still, like, this guy's thinking on a whole nother level. This is freaking awesome. He did not fumble the bag. We all fumbled w- with our assumptions. How about that? We fumbled assumptions. He did not. This dude is going to make more money within this next fight, and... This PFL contract that you guys have no idea. Yeah, yeah, Dana's going to shit on it because it's not his contract or his deal. He's going to shit on it. Of course, he, that's what he does. It's okay. I still love Dana. But he did not fumble the bag here. So now we wait and see. My only question is, if this is going to be 10 rounds, I've been hearing it's going to be 10 rounds. If it's 10 rounds, there's no way it's for the WBC belt. But I want to hear from the official people. I'm going to reach out. But that's what I leave you guys with. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. You can leave me questions there, and I will try to answer them for you. Peace.